Last time on Base Funk. The avant-garde, I'm sad to say, are just a means to an ends for her to kind of find out more about Ilium. Bounty hunting isn't her true passion in life. No one's quite sure who was the first to come to Ilium after the barrier went up, uh, but light came uh, significantly later. The people who lived here when the barrier appeared were later killed by the lilies. And the most prominent rumor about the purpose of the barrier is that it's hiding some great treasure within town. Listen, I'm not asking you to hire Bumbershoot. I'm asking you. You know you can actually trust me because you actually have collateral on me. What I want from you is a promise that if you get something that could help us, you would give it to us. Or, if it looks like things aren't working out with Church Boy and the the super sunburn bro, uh, (laughs) then you just jump ship. Okay, I'm down with those. There's possible side effects and collateral damage. Get someone else to cast it. Oh. Someone you don't care if they get corrupted. Oh, I'm killing Alice Hawthorne. So why don't you roll me critical hit damage? Tell your minions to back off. And then she flips the staff around and shoots a column of magical energy through her own torso <laughs> and through Bumbershoot. Yep. My love, I've returned. Get out of my body! You want my staff? That's why you tried to murder me? I'm trying to decide whether or not to trust Theodora with the, with what's going on. This is too much for me. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> I kind of want to find a way to contact my daddy vampire, because maybe he would have a way to get me out of this. You could set up something that someone on the outside could read. The only one who can save me is Count Danto. Does Ilium have, like, regular months, like the real world? Um, I accidentally alluded to Tuesday on the last episode, so I guess it at least has Tuesday. That's been established. I thought you meant Tears Day, you know, like, like it's Tear, you know, the, you know, so we could just use the other other god names for uh, the different days of the week. Thor's Day, come on, guys, it's right there. That's all, That's already literally what it is in our world. Shh, no, it's a brilliant pun that was just come up with right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hashtag trademark dice funk. <laughs> in, all, in all perpetuity. I don't know if these are legal terms no. that apply to this, but I'm just, I'm going to throw them out there. Because there's no seasons in Ilium, right? So that's, a, that's actually a good question. I have actually thought of some of that stuff. The sacrum itself does some of that stuff. Like, it's magic. And I was, like, waiting for someone to ask about it in character, but it's not, like, a secret or anything. But so, like, carbon dioxide, which would naturally build up over time, is, like, taken care of by... Uh, taken care of by that and stuff like that Hmm. left alone long enough there would have been issues just like air pressure too right because air goes in but it can't get out and there's like actually a lot of stuff uh, a lot of logistics that if you stop and think about it would crop up the answer is magic Mm -hmm. um but the source of the magic specifically is is the tower so does that mean we can have our annual group cherry blossom viewing parties because they're spring (laughs) 
<laughs> you got to ask Warden Light to turn it to the spring settings. Hmm. Spring settings, huh? Yeah. And then you guys can all wear yukata. <laughs> we, can do, we can do a festival. How would you like that? Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, so so is, is, when are we going to have the the episode where we have to choose which after-school club we need to join up in? Uh-huh. And then when later on when the uh, – shoot – I forget what t- what time of year do they have like the club fair effectively? Oh my god, with Maid Cafe. That's right. Yeah, and we're gonna have a white day episode. No, believe me. Yep. <laughs> we're gonna get there eventually. Beach episode. And the beach episode. Ah Hot Springs episode. You gotta get all those uh, cliches in there. So so the question is it, what which which season will be the most anime of uh Dice Funk? I've actually seriously thought about doing a kind of like Harry Potter slash persona like school season. Two issues with that. One is I don't know how it would play as radio to be <laughs> to be like, all right, go to algebra. <laughs> like, like, we can. Well, we can... Uh, I mean, listen, listen. You can, you can. We can find ways to truncate the the fat away from the action, and you know, have just little snippets on the side, like little vignettes of school life, as opposed to extended, you know. No, it's definitely possible in the same way that it's possible for, like, Harry Potter. Uh, the other issue is if we're all kids, like, if we're all, like, teenagers. What if it's a fancy college? The, uh, just the violence. It just gets dark so fast. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, listen. Persona 4 never got dark at any point whatsoever, so it's completely fine. They're, they were beating up shadow creatures, not stabbing other living human beings, which was attempted last week on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon, Ooh. do you remember how that turned out? Uh, I think we all do. <laughs> That's actually probably where we should start. At the end of the last episode, Bumbershoot Von Victrola was trying to undo his possession by Vengeful Ghost, and I think the answer you kind of settled on was to summon your sire, yeah, Count Danto. And I guess how I picture that is, like, you set up some sort of, like, billboard against the barrier out well if it's only if it's only silhouettes then it would have to be like things that are cut out instead of just you know so you're making a, a magazine ransom note mm-hmm. what does the message say without so not as not to draw any specific attention to membership because no one else who knows who count danto is it's just going to say count, count danto help okay uh let's see if that works <laughs> I don't, what, what's the uh sos role I believe uh, that is just uh, have them roll d20, and then you arbitrarily decide whether it's something good or bad happens. <laughs> yeah, I just nod and look at it sagely and go, hmm, hmm, interesting. Even better, the better thing you could do is do the blind GM roll. So you roll a die, none of us see it, and then you tell us what the effect is. Good tricks. Um, good tricks. So you set up that sign, uh-huh. and then I guess you go back home. Um, is there anything anybody else wants to establish about the results of that time off before we get into the next mission, because you have a new one. Uh, I would like to note that uh, Zoe has begun, uh, essentially, whenever she eats, she tends to just eat, like, the most unlikable, like, the food nobody wants to eat, essentially, the food everyone else will be like, well, that's gross, because at this point, what does it matter? It's all just mayonnaise. Uh So she's just, she's like, I'll just, I'll, yeah, there's a whole bunch of uh, asparagus in the fridge, you just pile that on, who cares at this point, whatever. First of all, asparagus is delicious. Don't blaspheme. <laughs> Ooh. No, it's not. You guys are haters. Second of all, uh, yeah, that, that has not worn off. Your mouth is still mayo-tastic. 
So that means you could eat uh, cabbage and it'd be instant coleslaw, you know. <laughs> this is actually something to clarify. It, it's um, when she eats something, does she taste the other thing or is it always just mayonnaise? Always just mayonnaise. Okay, yeah. So it doesn't even matter if it was cabbage at that point. It would still just taste like eating a jar of mayonnaise, which almost makes me gag saying that. So it's so bad. It's the oh. wor- it's the worst thing I could have inflicted on you that has zero effect on the actual game. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is part of the spirit of wild magic. Sometimes, so mm-hmm. very nice, very nice. Uh, speaking of which, I should pull up the wild magic table just in case. I'm fairly certain we're going to get some really arbitrary ones for funsies. I, I I had a fun thing for Roland to propose to Zoe. Uh-huh. Roland has a lot of furniture in his room, and some of it he could definitely lend over to help fill out Zoe's space. Um, but there's a, but there, there's a catch. There's something that she has to do to earn the furniture. Uh, what's that? Well, it's never too late to continue brushing up on your dragon chest skills. Uh, this seems like a cruel and unusual punishment, but... Trust me, it will be helpful to you in the long run. The more the more you can think from different angles, the more you can use your magic in a more advantageous manner. <laughs> this is all building up to the chess tournament arc. <laughs> darn right it is. I'll do it, but on one condition. What's that? And she's gonna like, uh, like do like the finger motion, like she wants you to get closer to her, like, like, uh, like bend down so you're like closer to her face. Yeah, Roland leans in like that. No dad jokes. Are you saying like during the chest matches or in general? I mean, I'd like to say in general, but I think that that's not gonna stop. But if I have to endure chess, can we at least not have a bunch of really annoying puns during it too? I'll take you up in your gambit there. But I will say this. Jokes are an important part of life. Ilmater made it very clear that to aid those who are suffering, sometimes the only thing we can do is provide a little bit of humor. I will note that my jokes are not the best, but I'm still trying. Speaking of suffering... (laughs) Hey, Bumbershoot... (laughs) Um, I listening back to the last episode, I realized it's not as clear as I want it to be that you don't need permission to do anything. You are still your character. You can talk and do any action without like asking. If mm. you do something that Max doesn't want, then we'll talk about that. But for just right, I haven't taken your character essentially. So you're like you set up the sign mm-hmm. asking for Count Danto, and like he in your mind says like I'm not going to stop this because the idea of you trapping a dear friend in here. And having to deal with that is pretty brutal. Like, that actually might be punishment for you, considering what a kind of breach of trust that is. Because he, he knows in your mind that Count Danto is important to you. I don't know how much you want to flesh that out now, but it might get you out of this, but it also might blow up in your face, and he's into it, so he doesn't stop you. Uh, if he says that, then um, Bumbershoot also writes on this apparently huge sign, um, you're going to get tripped. <laughs> Damn, how would I... How do I warn him without it just sounding... <laughs> You're going to need 12 more magazines. <laughs> You're going to have to cut a lot of things out. I mean, it's going to say you can come in but can't come out because Bumbershoot can't really lie to him. It's sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can send someone else in to help. All right. So you you add a warning to your sign, essentially. Yep. Okie dokie. With, with sign set up and dragon chest contract sealed, 
the rest of you, I guess, uh, everyone's just like chilling in the avant-garde's office, uh, just doing your things, crab stuff, I assume. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crab experiments. Yeah, crab science. And Winifred floats over to Roland, because that's who he always goes to first, and he has a like folder with like two sheets of paper in it. You've seen dossiers that you couldn't pierce with a sword. This one is just, it's like a leaflet and a hand bill, basically. And he says, uh, I got something, I guess. If it might be a little bit below your guys's skills, but if you want it. Any request uh, is fine enough. I don't think it's really important to think of requests as being too big or too small. And he sort of pulls out the dossier, gives it a look over. What is it? And he says, oh, I don't know if it, it might be below your palate in this, too. And as he trails off, you're looking at it, and you see it is a request from Penny, mm-hmm. the pawnbroker, who we met last episode, who is, right now has possession of your armor, mm-hmm. who is asking you to recover a stolen item from their shop. This item is detailed on one of the pages. It is a magical sheath for a sword. It's called the salamander sheath. And it imbues weapons that are holstered in it with fire. So you put your sword in there. And then when you're ready to pull it out, it erupts in flames. And then you have a fire sword. Um, And this magical sheath has gone missing from the pawn shop inside of Tarsus. And uh, Penny would like it back. And since last episode, you inquired about the lilies hiring you. This is uh, probably something they could handle internally, but it's almost, uh, you get the sense that Penny is seeing what working with Roland might be like. I think we should be just fine handling this, friend, so. All right. I don't know how much it's worth. It's like 10% finder's fee, and I maybe get some stickers out of it. <laughs> yeah, I also think at least getting on good terms with Penny would be nice. Okay. Um, I'm still, the warden says he's really busy with angel stuff and ghost stuff. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have anything yet. Sorry. I got a question for you out of character. Yeah. Is the salamander sheath something that I've actually seen in the pawn shop before? I don't know if that it specifically stood out to you because there's always like cool stuff in there. Sure. But uh, there's a drawing of it in the dossier. So you, you could see it and it, maybe it rings a bell. It's, it's, um, mm. It's not like Excalibur or anything. It's not like super... Well, it's pertinent to one of the spells that Roland knows that actually could be helpful for this investigation. Yes, there are spells that can immediately find items, which should be interesting. I try not to uh, like deliberately make stuff to thwart you guys. I'm just letting the story play out, so... Sure, sure. It's just that for the spell Locate Object to work, it needs to be an object that, quote, describe or name an object that is familiar to you, mm-hmm. and... And I'm not sure whether that would pass the uh, the familiarity test. My interpretation of the term familiar mm-hmm. uh, is the uh, same root as family, mm-hmm. which is uh, closeness. And I would say you are not close to this item. It may have been in your peripheral once. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Just checking first. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. All right. Well, Roland then sort of calls everyone to the meeting slash uh, meeting room slash kitchen table. <laughs> no you guys meet on the roof like a high school anime come on oh come on i thought we we're gonna have like the family di- okay can we have like a dinner table on the roof so we can have both <laughs> a rooftop scene and a, a like a table yeah uh there's absolutely a- can everybody roll strength to carry the dining room table onto the roof oh 
I mean, I can. One. Yes, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. Four. <laughs> 23, natural 20. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. I love dice. Yep. Oh, they're so good. Roland just carries the entire table up himself. Yes, okay, on one side, Roland goes to pick up the dining room table, and everyone else is on the other side. And as they're carrying it up the stairs, one by one, they get too tired, and they fall down or drop it, and eventually it's just Roland on the other side, and he has it all by himself. This huge, like, real solid wood table. And from one end of it, he is able to to keep the entire thing off the ground. This is a great use of a d20 here. I like to think I carry the tablecloth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zoe got a one. Theodora <laughs> got a four. So you guys, like, basically noodle arm out on step two. And Bumbershoot gets a little bit farther before being like, mm, I'm okay. All right. So you guys are at your meeting place on the roof. All right. So here's the situation. Uh, the pawnbroker, Penny, is requesting that we recover a magical item. It is this. He sort of lays out the image of the salamander sheath. And apparently it was stolen somewhat recently. Now, given how few people there are in town, we could simply interrogate everyone. Or we could simply search around to see if someone has it. It's going to be hard for someone to really hide this thing for too long since it immediately sets swords on fire after they're drawn. But any thoughts? From you all about how we should approach this? I mean, who would be brazen enough to steal something from the lilies? Aren't they sort of like the big deal around here? Mm-hmm. They sure are. And they probably could have taken care of this themselves, but I had a talk with them the other day, and possibly this is a way for us to show our utility to the lilies and maybe improve relations. Do we know anybody who would be brazen enough to steal from the lilies? Hmm. This is me, Lauren, asking Austin. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair question. Uh, I would say nobody comes to mind immediately. Like, there's a lot of strong, interesting people here, but none of them strike you as like, oh, that's the person. That person needs a sheath and also doesn't care about stealing from people who can boil people's blood. And I'm fairly certain there was no one within the lilies themselves who stole it. You know, unless this is all just some wild goose chase they're sending us on, which... I'm not putting them it past them for this whole thing to be an elaborate prank. <laughs> the Dora would be into that. I think we should do it. It's something to do at the very least, and if we manage to succeed, we'd be able to be on friendlier terms with the lilies. Mm-hmm. That that's a win-win all around. I agree. Bumbershoot, any thoughts? Bumbershoot sort of like nods uh quietly. Um like his mind is elsewhere. <laughs> Max says inside your mind, Man, I'm I'm getting thirsty in here what's up with that bumbershoot ignores him <laughs> okay i said I, he, that's him he says mm-hmm. okay let's do it i like stuff <laughs> trying to think who would be the best persons to talk to first maybe it might be possible to talk to penny to find out when it was stolen and then see if there's any traces that were left behind at the scene is penny the tiny one yes oh i like her yeah let's go talk to her Zoe's uh, gonna raise her hand. Yes, yeah, Zoe. She's like, so if this is a request coming not from the warden, does that mean we don't request anything for this mission? I'm pretty sure that we can possibly make a request with Penny about 
some sort of exchange for how much this is worth. Yeah, I mean, Winifred mentioned it's a 10% finder's fee, which abstractly means uh, we can get, get spell components and anything else uh, like non-plot important you want. So we can't carve off a piece of the thing. <laughs> Wait, you want to try to take part? Listen, that's... They said 10%. Yeah, 10% would be 10% of the uh, the sheath. I want 10% of the sheath. I mean, you guys could try that. I, Winifred would not negotiate for that. But listen, you're, we're all role-playing here. If you guys want to try stuff like that, knock yourselves out. If, if, you, haven't, if you haven't seen what Penny has, Zoe, you might get a better idea of what we can leverage for this when we get there. Okay. Okay. So I assume you guys all head off towards Tarsus if you want to talk to Penny first and investigate the scene of the crime. You're darn right. Let's do it. Can we start putting on Phoenix Wright music in the background? We'll start with the investigation theme. I was about to say that. Oh my god. We do need the like objection and pursuit themes to start playing. You're cool with that, right, Austin? Uh, you best believe I looked for an overclocked remix arrangement of Godot's theme, but it does not exist, unfortunately. I definitely would have busted it out by now. How did this anim- episode get so anime? It's amazing. I love it. All right, so here's the scene. It's midday. It's pleasantly temperatured. Uh, obviously, there's no like sun bearing down on you guys. You're walking across a beautiful, verdant field. There's lilies blooming all around you. It's very pretty and ideal. And uh, you know over the next hill is the Tarsus, the hotel-turned-bar-and-illicit-crime area. Uh, but ahead of you, uh, walking in your direction, you see a humanoid figure. And none of you recognize it. But it does strike you as pretty strange, this figure. And as it gets closer, just walking directly in your guys' direction, uh, there you notice there's something strange about its appearance and gait. Um, it's like shambling, almost. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to pop Divine Sense as it gets closer to tell whether it is undead, celestial, or a fiend. It is Hecka undead. Ooh, is it a zombie? Oh, wow. That's what you would assume from the way it's walking mindlessly in your direction. Mm. And as it gets closer, you see this is a it's a humanoid, probably human male, uh, just walking with uh, like stringy hair. And it looks like wet, <laughs> like all its clothing is matted and damp. And as you get even closer, you notice specifically it is walking directly at Theodora and staring directly at her. Yikes. Could I do a an insight check to see if it seems like it's coming in in a hostile kind of way? You certainly can. That's an 11. All right. So it's hard to tell intent from its face because it has a very blank expression. But from your insight, you notice that like if, you other, if the rest of the party members move, it does not react to your presence. If you do any kind of like gestures, it does not look your way. Mm-hmm. Um, it is staring directly at Theodora and it it does not blink. It does not speak. It just walks straight ahead towards her, and if she changes her like angle of approach, it adjusts. I um I show my fangs and hiss uh, to intimidate the zombie. All right, uh, you can roll anything you want, and it won't matter because it will not acknowledge you as <laughs> existing. Hmm. You could strip naked and start rubbing peanut butter all over your chest; it would not bat an eye. I'm not sure whether this is actually a zombie or a gazebo. Maybe it's both. That's a good reference to a Reddit thread. <laughs> it's actually older than Reddit, but yes. Okay, that's where I know it from. God, that's a deep-ass cut sketch. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the deepest cut. Uh, Roland's going to just look to Theodore. It's like, friend of yours? Ah, uh, good question. How far away are we from this zombie? Um, so unless one of you does something, it's going to walk up to Theodora. And at that point, I will describe more. I'm giving you a chance to just do something before that. I was going to try to message it. All right. So you can send a message. What is your message? You what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, it does not respond. Uh, you, should send, you should ask if it's having a giggle, mate, and then let's we'll see how it responds. You having a giggle? Considering Bumbershoot is also undead, would he know a good way to kill a zombie? Like, what zombies are immune to? I mean, um, vulnerable to. Um, I would give you advantage on Arcana. Fair enough. Or religion. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm not going to cast it, but I want Zoe to start essentially doing, like, the preparation that'd be required to cast Hold Person. 16. Okay. With a 16, uh, you know, uh, most undead are weak to holy magic, and they are immune to... Uh, necrotic damage, and they are resistant to uh, piercing, usually. Well, that's my rapier, I guess. Roland's going to turn to Theodora and say, what if I give you a little help here, just in case? Yeah, I don't know what this guy's deals with. Uh, deals. A deal is. Roland then pats uh, Theodora on the back and casts protection from good and evil on her. Mm-hmm. And specifically to protect her against undead, so that if it tries to attack her, it has disadvantage. Good thinking. And Theodore can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by the creature, so. <laughs> I'm also going to hide behind Roland. The third entry on that list was very conspicuous. Roland, is, Roland then just sort of crosses his arms as uh, the zombie probably approaches. So with Theodora hiding behind Roland's massive hulking frame, uh, the undead creature continues walking towards you guys Mm -hmm. and staring from what looks to Roland to just be through you to her. Mm -hmm. And as it gets to you, it once again, it does not look up at you. It does not attempt to speak to you. It like push. It just walks into you as if it doesn't realize you're there and then tries to reach around your sides to get to Theodora, essentially. I back the fuck up. All right, and if it cannot reach Theodora, it walks around Roland. Can, can I sneak up behind it and just take its goddamn head off? Or, like, just, like, pull it real hard? Roland's going to pull out the holy symbol, slash his shield, and just use his channel divinity to turn the unholy. It technically works on all fiends or undead within 30 feet. Mm-hmm. So I have to make a wisdom save? Yeah, he actually declares out to Bumbershoot, Stand back for a moment, Bumbershoot. I'm going to see if I can get this guy away from us. Bumbershoot does. Okay. Must do a wisdom save. All right. So Roland pulls out his holy symbol and tells Bumbershoot to get to cover, which he has to start sprinting away because he was apparently getting in position to do a backstab. And when uh, light radiates from your holy symbol, here's the save. Nine. He fails the save, and so he is turned, basically. Yeah. Uh, So... The creature, once hit by this holy light, its lower torso tries to turn around, like to because it's turned. Mm-hmm. So, like from the waist down, it rotates, and you this flesh begins tearing, and you hear like muscles ripping and snapping as this thing tries to turn away as it is compelled to run. But its upper body, its arms still reaching, and its eyes still staring at Dora as it mm-hmm. uh, tries to fight against this, and it's basically tearing itself in half between its compulsion to flee and its single-minded approach of Theodora. 
yeah, if it's turned successfully, it can't really willingly move into a space adjacent to me. Its bottom half is trying is turning around. Its top half is reaching, so it's it's in place as it's tearing itself apart. <sighs> it's gross. It splits open, and what you notice, obviously, it's bleeding as it's like torn in half at the waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also Great. Uh, it's not just blood that comes out. It's like really watery. It's like half water, half blood. It's way thinner than blood should be. Mm. And also this this blood water mixture starts coming out of its nose and ears and eyes too. Jeez. Oh, I just got this stuff cleaned. <laughs> it sort of like moves the moves to push the zombie off of him towards its own legs. Alright, so you push this thing which is like being bisected by its own legs. <laughs> conflicted yeah locomotion and it actually kind of just like rips in half at the waist and flops onto the ground and the legs and waist go walking away on this field and the top part starts crawling towards theodora can i just set it on fire (sighs) that's weird okay i'm going to step on its head so that it stops moving all right so bumbershoot sprints back over to this scene as the upper torso arms and head are trying to get to theodora and you just run over and squish its noggin yep and it Pops like a grape, and you have, like, bloody, gross water all over your boot, and it stops moving. Well, that's good. I I won. Ew. All right. In the distance, you see just two pairs of legs and a waist (laughs) teetering over a hill. You know, what's what's cool is that that could have been the start of, like, a huge quest, and now it's just over. (laughs) (laughs) That is cool. (laughs) Who knows? Well, no, Roland Roland is, like, perplexed because... That implies that the upper body actually wasn't undead. Any loot on this zombie? I mean, you could maybe look through his pockets, but his legs escaped. Yeah. You have weird fans, Dora. You know that, right? I don't know what's going on, but I don't like it. Bumbles, move your foot. I do. I use Produce Flame, which is a cantrip, to set it on fire. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then you burn the evidence of this zombie murder. I don't trust it. And then I also cast um, Prestidigitation to clean up Bumble's boot. Thank you. Uh, does any Was the street empty, or did a lot of people just watch us do this? Uh, you guys are just in a field. Oh, okay. There were no witnesses. Good, I guess. Roland, Roland looks at his, arm, his clothes and armor that are also a bit of a mess because of the uh, zombie being there. And then just glances at the door. A uh, little help here. Gotcha. I cast press the digitation again. Thanks. All right. Well, we can answer questions about that later. <laughs> we got a uh, we got a pawn shop to turn over. Uh, inside your head, Bumbershoot, Max says you're really a, a murder first, ask questions later kind of guy, huh? Bumbershoot um, thinks, I guess, back that you know it was coming after my friend. So is that okay now he has access to your memory do you actually think of theodora as like a friend you would fight to protect is that like a actual important bond to you reasonably yes he bumbershoot would not give his life for theodora or risk his life in such a way that there was a strong chance he would die but a barely moving half zombie is crawling towards her he would feel comfortable walking over to it and stepping on its head okay that's fair. Uh, so I guess you guys are going to continue on to Tarsus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys uh, continue your walk across this field over the hill where Tarsus is, you see in the distance uh, the pair of legs and waist has fallen over and is lying motionless in a, in the field far away from you. Let's loot everyone. 
Uh, you walk over and you check, and it's not the guy's not just like wearing uh blue jeans or something, and it's like, oh, here's his oh. here's his fucking Sam's <laughs> Club card. Damn, I thought it was gonna be a Walgreens card, you know. This person uh is wearing like pretty nice clothes actually uh obviously they're all damp and wet and now they're all bloody and gross um but the pockets are empty there's nothing this guy didn't have anything on him okay i guess let's go all right are you gonna burn that guy too yeah you know what i am i'm gonna cast produce flame (laughs) okay and i make sure to put out all the fires before we leave yeah i assumed (laughs) yeah um all right so you guys have burned both halves of that zombie uh, and I guess now you're free to go to Tarsus, and uh, I assume you do so. Mm-hmm. I hope there was an incredible amount of side quests attached to that zombie that have just all been destroyed immediately. You determine your own participation in Project Mayhem, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, famous quote season one, Leon, I skip all side quests. That's fine, that's fine. Sure, choices. Zombie was going to walk up and be like, I know how to get out of Ilium, and it's like, no, yeah, <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> maybe maybe just wanted to hug Dora. It's entirely possible. I don't trust no zombies. Oh, it's that One Piece gif that I've seen, but I haven't seen the episode from where Luffy pushes the zombie back into the grave with his foot. Yeah, because Luffy's awesome. I'll take your word for it. All right, so you guys walk into Tarsus, and it is the middle of the day. So there's a couple people in here, but they're mostly just chilling out and socially drinking. And you see uh, Carrie at the bar. She's a little bit more flamboyant than she was when roland saw her last but she's not back to her full flamboyance so her her manner of dress and level of outward devilishness is medium Mm. can we say that i brought a bag of a new experimental crab to appease her (laughs) wow it depends how experimental they're they're pre-herbed you don't have to herb them they're already herbed cheese stuffed yeah so is their entire existence an agony as they are stuffed with cheese from birth? No, they just get to eat a lot of cheese. Shush. <laughs> oh, okay. It's so Okay, I'm not going to entertain what the, the implications are here, but... <laughs> no, don't think yeah. about it. They're magic crap. Dora has a new spell, level two, stuffed with cheese, and it just allows <laughs> you to stuff things with cheese. There's no harm to it. It's just how magic works. Oh, God, God. It's like, it's that, it's that corollary to purify food and drink. It's cheesify food and drink yeah this is the forbidden spell that papa john created in our world <laughs> no that's pizza hut that has the stuffed crust hey lauren i tricked you you just revealed to everyone that you know a lot about <laughs> takeout pizza <laughs> who's surprised better ingredients better crab now the real horror of the cheesify spell is its combat application <laughs> because if you just fill someone's body with cheese it's basically better than a fireball Holy Christ. All right, you guys are in this uh, bar area. Yep. I give her the crabs. Uh, she says, uh, oh, thanks, Dora. And hi, Zoe. Hi, Carrie. And uh, the rest of you are welcome to drink. <laughs> what does she wh- wait, What does she mean by that? Uh, she was welcoming Dora and Zoe warmly and snubbing the other two. Oh, okay. I thought it was her being like, you're cut off now, kid. The rest of you can drink, but <laughs> no more of that. She's like, hi, friends. And Zoidberg. We're here for work, so I will just make my way upstairs. Dora does shots. 
<laughs> okay. So so Roland goes upstairs to talk to Penny as uh who follows and who stays to drink. Well, I did some shots. They don't take that long. I'm still going upstairs. I thought this was going to be a sustained activity. You just throw back a couple? Yeah. You're like, I've had a morning. <laughs> uh, I, I want Zoe to stay behind, uh, but basically she's just going to ask Carrie uh, real quick. She's going to be like, so how's uh my twin doing? I don't really know what to call her. Yeah, actually, we were having that conversation, too, because we don't know what to call her either. Thought about Chloe? That's a little on the nose, though. I, th- I think she likes, uh, she wants to, like, reinvent her whole personality and like self you know yeah like move move into a new town do you have any feedback um <laughs> i can say it's from me if you don't want it if you don't want her to know <laughs> oh no this is where i'm torn between like what the character would say and what i the the human want to offer i'm like mufasa <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the question is, like, if because Zoe and Noe are, like, share memories. Like, what would Zoe rename herself if she had the chance to, like, start over? Hmm. I think she'd want, like, something long and elegant, like, uh, like a Clarabelle or something like that. Because it's, it's always that dichotomy that her sister has such a long, glamorous name and hers is, like, just this four-letter, like, abridged nonsense, essentially. That sounds so <laughs> basic in comparison. So she might be, yeah, she might throw out there something like, uh annabelle or um i'm just thinking about food like portabella you know just <laughs> yeah she's like uh you should call yourself portabella arugula okay <laughs> yeah. fish other very long food names that sound kind of silly chorizo <laughs> i think we're recording this episode a little hungry <laughs> with all the cheese and mushrooms and whatnot uh so carrie says okay she'll, she slash austin will take that under advisement but Zoe asked, like, how she's doing. Did she have anything specific to say to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, she what she used your question for was an opportunity to say that she's thinking about renaming herself. She didn't uh, explicitly offer anything, so oh, okay, you'd have to probably dig a little deeper. She doesn't. She doesn't. It doesn't seem like she feels free to just blab about that. Uh, Zoe then will just kind of say, uh, "Does it seem like she's getting used to the town and everything?" Okay, Carrie says. Well, I don't know that she's been out that much. She spends most of her time with uh, the boss. They're doing, like, magic training, I guess. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. Um, Well, let her know that if she ever wants to chat or anything like that, she's always welcome to stop by the avant-garde headquarters. We have crabs there. <laughs> I I heard, and th- these, uh, these ones look very peppery. <laughs> They're pre-baked. What have you done? They're stuffed with mozzarella. They're very flavorful. Mozzarella is another good name to <laughs> Chloe could name herself. Mascarpone. <laughs> Shit, this whole episode is just going to be anime and food jokes. <laughs> All right. She says, uh, I'll, I'll deliver your message. Thanks, Carrie. All right. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, she'll like wave her goodbye as she runs off after uh, Roland and uh, Bubble Shoot. Uh, so an hour into this recording, <laughs> you guys start your second mission, uh, walking into the pawn shop. Uh, Penny's there. Uh, she's giving their basic rundown to Roland as Zoe enters the room. Uh, she says, yeah, I just came in and uh, I just noticed the sheath was missing. Uh, we looked around. It wasn't anything obvious. Like no one kicked in any doors in or anything. Uh, you guys are free to look around. I I have everything here cataloged, so I'll know if something goes missing. And she just like stares at Bumbershoot. All right, uh, let me just take a look at where this sheath used to be. And Roland sort of, like, 
actually uh, takes off um, his heavier gauntlets and swaps them out for just some thinner profile leather gloves so he can just feel over the scene without you know interf- interfering with fingerprint or otherwise. Nice. Get in. Get really in touch with your inner CSI, guys. I'm into it. Zoom in. Enhance. Zoom in. Enhance. So, and on that note, investigation roll. 27 natural 20 to investigate the area around the sheath. Your second crit of the night. Yeah. Um. So you give this whole room a very thorough David Caruso-ing. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it! Yeah, I'm gonna, so you crit, so I'm going to give you everything you possibly could have got, gotten from this as, as far as things you could look and figure out with your hands. Mm-hmm. Looking around, there doesn't be, seem to be any sign of forced entry. Uh, there is a window, but it doesn't seem like it was opened. The None of the locks were messed with. There are uh, some fresh scratches on the table. They seem fresh just because of, like, there's still dust from them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to get into the super nitty-gritty, like, forensic evidence. But you, you will say that you are confident that they are fresh, close together, and of, like, discolor... There's, like, a couple drops of discoloration as well on, like, the cloth on the table where the items are. So that something was here, something took it, and the evidence, physical evidence that was left behind was, like, a, some marks from something sharp on the table and something, like, dripped. Hmm. But no other signs of a struggle in the area. No struggle, no forced entry. Um, you can't get anything magical from investigation. Right, right. So you don't know anything about that. But you got, that's all the physical evidence. Right, right. So, hmm. And how, how, how high up is the window from the ground? Uh, this is the second floor. So it's possible to climb. Mm-hmm. But um, once again, the window was closed and locked and it wasn't forced. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Zoe, Zoe's going to go up to Penny and uh, first say, Hi, my name's Zoe. I don't think we've met before, and offer her hand. <laughs> Penny lands on your outstretched hand. She is of like a very large bat size. Um, imps are probably most prominently known as like familiars for like evil wizards and such. So she just like jokingly uh, kind of like grips onto your hand with her feet talons and like bobs up and down and says, Hey, kid. <laughs> hey, um, so, do you know anybody who would have a reason for trying to take this? Like, has anyone come in and sort of been eyeing the sheath or anything like that? Uh, nobody said anything to me. I mean, that would have been... I probably would have told your jellyfish if I had a good lead like that, kid. Yeah, but I mean, like, do you yourself have any kind of suspicions on who might have done this? Listen, my first gut instinct in these kind of situations is always wizards. Roland's in the background like sort of measuring out the specific distances of the scratches, like putting up a little pole and setting uh, strings to indicate splatter marks. (laughs) Exactly. Skitch, can you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. Can we reflavor this so that you're essentially reenacting that one scene from The Wire where Bunk and McNulty are viewing the crime scene, but just keep using the F word over again as they, like, view over everything? I mean, Roland is not the type to use that language, though, so... <laughs> are, are you kosher with me just making that my headcanon? Oh, sure, you're, yeah, you can absolutely make that your headcanon. Okay, cool. We know a wizard. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know a wizard, but we, we're vaguely <laughs> acquainted with a wizard. But Zoe might uh, say pineapple, then? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, pineapple! Hey, it's your boy Winifred, what's up? Hey, Winnie, uh, how many wizards are there in town? Oh, man, another one? How many this time? Huh? 
You guys found a dead wizard, right? No. No? No. Oh, it's that's usually how it how it how it happens. Sorry. I just assumed. Um, let me see. I don't know, like three probably? They're they're constantly in flux. Do you know the names and info for those three? Uh yeah, I could look them up and send them back to you. Why, what's up? Uh, we think it might be a lead relating to the case we're on. Oh, you think a a wizard stole that? Why would they just take one item that's for melee weapons? I don't know. Why do wizards do anything? Amen. <laughs> Holla. All right. Check you later. Pineapple. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hangs up. Ro- uh, the only thing, real other question I would have is the drops of discoloration. They don't look like blood, right? Or uh, it's hard to say. The uh, the the cloth over this table is like stained in a million places mm-hmm. uh so it's kind of hard to tell like what the color change was mm. but it doesn't strike you as anything uh that itself was very colorful it's not like blue paint right 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 could i um use detect magic to see if the liquid was magical uh i mean i would just recommend using detect magic in general because then you could detect all the magic okay well i can i'm doing it it doesn't ex- i can just do it i'm aware <laughs> so i do it all right so what's your invocation called that lets you do that eldritch sight Ooh, that sounds good and creepy so like your eye one of your eyes like glows and there's like a, a magical image of ganador's eye in front of your eye as you look around and you have uh, like full uh clarity of all the magic going on in this room i like to think that this is a predator vision basically but instead of heat <laughs> it's just magic it's very good Dora, you notice a couple of the items on the table are magic, just inherently. So there's like a magic ring and there, right. there's a magic dagger and there's a magic coin purse and there's a magic hat or something that none of those seem particularly relevant to you. They're just some of the items that Penny sells happen to be magic. But on the far side of the room near the window, you see a floating moats of magical residue, like a spell happened in here pretty recently. Somebody did did magic in here, like, really recently, guys. You said it's near the window? Yeah, there's just, like, a, some, a floating, very faint, shimmery sign that magic happened. Can I go over near there and, like, investigate to see if I see anything? Uh, Arcana. Arcana? I rolled an eight. <laughs> mm. Not not ideal. Might if I help out with that case, or? Roland can't see it, unfortunately. Oh, right, right, right. I keep looking through my skills to see if there is literally anything that Bumbershoot can do to help investigations. But, like, in terms of Mm -hmm. detective work, he can, like, pick a lock. And also Roland just critted on the investigation, so anything anything else would be just for fun. Okay. With an eight, you actually think there are two spells that were cast in this area. And that's all—you don't know what kind, you don't know—you don't even really know how recently— um, but there actually are two spells that happened here. Can I look out the window and see if there's any magic residue out the window? Like, if somebody left out the window? Uh, you look out the window and you have detect magic vision on still, so you actually, yeah, you see some shiny r- magic residue uh, down by the ground. Uh, same thing. Okay. Uh, Roland points out the scratches on the table where the sheath used to be, and it's like, <sighs> okay, Bubba, shoot. So what do you think? I think these are claw marks, marks from some dagger or something scratching along the table. Uh, the grouping of them is making me think claw marks, but I'm not sure. What do you think? 
I mean, uh, Roland got a 20, so I'll give it to you guys, and we can just give the flavor mm-hmm. to Bumbershoot helping, just to make him feel good about himself inside. They are a little big to be claw marks. I'm not saying they're not, but... It'd be like a really large hawk or something if these were claw marks or something, you know? It's possible, or it could just be a sword. Mm-hmm. It's it's bigger than it would be for something that just scratched it like fingernails. How many scratches are there? Like two to three close together. Not super close together, just in a, that they're clearly uh, related. Could be a sign of a struggle. You guys say that out loud, and Penny says, oh, the table was bumped a little bit. I moved it back. I don't know if that's relevant. Bumped a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, it, just, it was like, I don't know, a foot off. Mind pulling back out to where it was, roughly? Uh, we can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, she she says, uh, yeah, it took me a minute. If you could just do it, that's fine. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Roland does so. Yeah, you push it and it doesn't, nothing clicks or you don't hear the Zelda puzzle noise. Damn. So, there, yeah, not, it, nothing new is revealed from that information, for, from that action. And then also, what about these little dots here, uh, Bumbershoot? He kind of points out the specific coloration. That is very curious. It, what it, could, it could be, I don't know, wine, it could be saliva, blood, I'm not sure. Would Bumbershoot be able to know if it's blood? Because I would think he would. <laughs> Let me say it's not blood, but oh. everything Roland said is accurate. It could be wine. It could be saliva. It could be milk. Okay, we we can't we can't we can't run like a lab test on this. We or anything like that. Nope. Okay. Welcome to medieval times. <laughs> Boysenberry juice. Uh, it could be. Uh... I'm gonna say Bumbershoot like um, just instinctively knows it's not blood, but has no further information. There was two spells cast in here, and there's magic residue on the grass outside. Maybe we should go check out there. Sounds like as good of a plan as any. Uh, We'll be sure to let you know if we find anything further, Penny. All right. I'm counting on you guys. Bye, small fry. (laughs) Bye, nerd. (laughs) All right. So I guess you guys leave uh, Tarsus and go out into the backyard. Um, so you're in this just this nice field behind this uh, hotel, and uh, two things. One, there's nothing going on in the backyard itself, but in the distance, you do see that there's another figure in, a, in the field further on. You just see someone uh, just standing in the field. You can't tell who it is. I'm going over there. All right, so Bumbershoot, you start walking towards the person in the field. Everyone else, are you going to stay in the backyard to investigate the residue? Uh think zoe will follow bumbershoot i have to because i had the magic vision okay so theodora and roland are going to stay with the residue and we'll get to that scene in a second as zoe and bumbershoot start walking across the field to the figure who is back here you see that it is the character we are currently calling noe oh who is zoe but with brunette hair instead of super saiyan yellow (laughs) is the distinguishing physical feature for now and you see she is standing uh, alone in this field and kind of practicing somatic hand gestures uh zoe's gonna cast a message then to her and basically send a message saying hey uh (laughs) she flinches because she (laughs) was not prepared for that and she turns and looks at you and she summons a fireball into her hand whoa what the fuck (laughs) and and then it goes out as she sees who it is who just sent a psychic message into her mind <laughs> unprompted you she you did her quite a startle uh but then she says oh it's you hi and also you do we know each other yeah we i mean i met you before but do we know each other now uh, bummer she kind of wants to kill her but um 
Jesus. It's not really an option right now. There's a lot of people around. Why does... Well, hold on. Why does Bumbershoot want to kill Noe? First of all, he's hungry. That's been established. Uh-huh. And second of all, she's like... She won't be missed. Barely anyone... She barely exists in the first place. Okay, so Max is in your head. He knows you're having these thoughts. And he's like... Yeah. Come on. Do it. Let everybody see what what, what a sick monster you are. Come on. You can take the kid, too. You're far enough away. You guys are out in this field. It's just the three of you. Yeah, I feel like that um, if Noe is of comparable strength to Zoe, uh, that wouldn't end well uh, for Bumbershoot. (laughs) Especially not with another one right (laughs) next to another of our party right next (laughs) Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, no, it's a super bad idea, but you brought it up, so I'm just just for flavor, that's what he's thinking. Yeah. It's not going to happen, at least not in broad daylight or right now. Does he uh, say anything? Yeah, so Zoe says hi, and you just stare at her, like in one of those cartoons where they're stranded on a desert island, and they start appearing like hams. <laughs> Wait, Noe or Zoe says hi? Noe said hi to you. Noe, okay. Oh, um, Bumbershoot um, sort of, like, raises a hand and, like, like royal waves at Noe, <laughs> not dignifying her with much of a response. Noe says to Zoe, I think I, think I got the better friends. Uh... Uh, no, Bumbershoot's great. You just um, you gotta. He you have to. He has to warm up to you first. I don't. I don't think he's warmed up to me actually either. <laughs> okay, so it's speculative then. <laughs> I get the impression he's a great guy. Uh huh. I just don't know it yet. You want to roll insight on that? <laughs> <laughs> Twenty one. <laughs> yeah, I was joking, but I mean, if you, if you want to say that um, you get the impression that Bumbershoot will happily kill you, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, with a 21, you say, oh, he's a pretty nice guy. And you look over to him and you get the distinct impression that he's probably not. It's just staring daggers at her. I'm going to say that this realization happens because just uh, as Zoe looks at me, uh, Bumbershoot just starts licking his lips for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh Maybe I was a bit hasty in that. <laughs> so, how are you doing? As she's quickly trying to change the topic. <laughs> uh, Noe says, oh, just practicing magic. It's uh, pretty cool when things don't randomly explode. I mean, I guess. No, it's no. I believe it's good, actually. No, I mean, you don't know the incredible things that can happen when you have wild magic. Good things can happen from it. Uh, believe me, I remember Jacob's birthday party. I know how bad it gets. I felt that his house was a little too large anyway. Losing the second floor probably was the best thing for him. Uh, I mean, we tell ourselves that, listen, you can't hide anything from me. You know that, right? Wait, what? I know everything you know? Well, up to a certain point. Oh, okay. I, no, <laughs> sorry. I realize now that that could have been confusing. She, you guys are not still mentally connected. But she just she knows how you feel about that birthday party. Look, things happen. Let's let's not get caught up in the past with these things. Yeah, the past sucked. When I, I had to worry about accidentally incinerating people, the future's well, the present's much better. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, got to be great for you. Uh, are you uh, are you gonna join the town? Ilium? Everything like that? I haven't really seen much of it so far. It's full of ghosts, which is a little troubling. Yeah, um... I heard you guys did that. Quote-unquote did. Who's to say who was really <laughs> at fault for it? Okay. 
it's really kind of like a, a building up of different people's actions that kind of came to it. <laughs> yeah, it was a real Rubes Goldberg of two of you <laughs> opening the chest. <laughs> Dora would very much take like all the blame. Uh, back in the backyard, BT Dubs, uh, you use your detect magic vision to look around, and there are there are the two spell residue patches, and then nothing else of particular note. There doesn't seem like any other notable spells are cast back here. Can we zoom and enhance? What uh, Roland was going to say was, you know, uh, Dora, this is not a uh, prudent time to be playing tic-tac-toe on the grass. Is there something particular you're finding down there? It's just the same two spells from inside, so no. Like, Roland's gonna get low to the ground and kind of see if there's anything about, like, if there's foot, like, if there's, like, a way that the grass has been stepped on to kind of lead, indicate a direction someone might have walked. Survival check, because this is basically tracking. Yeah, that I figured as such, and that is not what Roland is good at. But, I rolled a 17, though. Nice. Uh, with a 17, there are tracks back here, a couple of different uh, versions, mm-hmm. but the problem is this is like a grassy field. It's not like um, yeah. clay or something that really retains them well, so you can tell that there have been people back here. It's just hard to differentiate them. 17 is pretty good, so um, uh, let me say this. Uh, the, although the forms of them are obscured, you notice that there are a couple of different sizes, so like humanoids have been back here and also some of the bigger races. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the thing you get from seventeen is that if you're trying to uh, figure out the scope of your investigation, uh, it's it's gonna be wider than maybe you thought. This mission is not gonna be as simple and clean as it may have first appeared. Mm. Oh my god! Not like the super simple last mission. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Roland Roland stands up. It's like feel free to take a look, but uh, are there any Goliaths in this town right now? Um, uh, so a Goliath, for anybody wondering, is like halfway between a human and a giant. It's like a very big guy, but not the giantest. Okay. Um, I, I don't have any Goliath planned, but they c- we could always make. I could make one up. <laughs> uh, like like Roland is actually gonna just say pineapple as soon as he stands up. Uh huh. It's like pineapple. Hey, it's your boy Winifred. What's up, Fred? We're getting some interesting findings on the case already. Uh, quick query for you. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Do you know if there are any Goliaths or other creatures that are larger than humans, but shorter or smaller than the giants in town? Sure, I'll I'll, I'll whip up a list of those too. So you want wizards and people between giant and human-sized, right? That sounds about right so far. All right. Thank you very much, Fred, at Over and Out. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> Roland just sort of like cracks his knuckles a little bit. It's like, this is exciting, actually. <laughs> Ooh, big investigation. What about that uh, dandy from the party that Bumbleshoot was friends with for some reason? You know how wizards are. Maybe we should talk to him. We could talk to him, sure. He might be able to give some bit more insight about the nature of the enchantment. And who knows? Maybe he might try a bit harder to impress Bumbleshoot. You know how Bumbleshoot always. Is in the market for new friends, right? <laughs> I know how wizards are. Are we all just like wizard racist? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not wizard racist. I, I'm just. Okay. I'm just. I'm, I was more about me making a joke about Bubba Shoot needing a friend. You know. Um, back in the field, 
Zoe, Noe, and Bumbershoot, which is also the name of my next band. Probably Ska. <laughs> you guys are standing around, uh, and you were talking about how you ruined a birthday party once. And Noe says, uh, so what are you guys doing here? Uh, we're uh, investigating something. Uh, mission had came by. Did you, by any chance, see or hear anything related to a, a robbery inside the TARDIS? The TARDIS? I love that. <laughs> Tartarus? Whatever the place oh is that you God. operate? <laughs> it could be the TARDIS, too. It could be the TARDIS. And it could also be Tartarus, which is actually the, in- which is the in-universe reference. Is that the sauce that is served with all the crabs they get? Oh, God. There's... <laughs> So many layers to this. Uh, Noe says, uh, no, I didn't see anything. I was too busy learning to be really kick-ass and consistent with magic. And she, like, summons, like, a spirit bomb-sized fireball just to, to flex. All right, hold on a moment. Uh-huh. I, I, I want to roll insight on her. I want to see how, like, actively aggressive these, like, Ooh. her boasts are. Uh, 19. I want to find out if she's actually, like, trying to be a little bit kind of, like, cocky and aggressive or if this is just being, like, playful. She wants you to be jealous of her. She wants to be seen as strong and powerful in the way that she felt weak and unreliable before. Uh, okay. So Zoe's going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome knowing that you could cast that and then your mouth won't taste like mayonnaise anymore. Just as like a random example, not that that happened to me or anything. Um, <laughs> hey, and she's going to like walk up and kind of like get close to uh, Noe. Mm-hmm. And say, um, so how's Lady Nimben? Persuasion? I have a pretty good bonus to that. Yeah, sorcerers usually do. 14. Uh, she says, uh, she's cool. She's very strong, very powerful, very, very, uh, she catches herself. She almost says scary. <laughs> and, and then she just says, very, uh, good at magic. Uh, and this is when Zoe's going to kind of lower her tone a little bit so that Bumbershoot doesn't hear it. And she's going to say, do you think there might be any way that I could talk to Lady Nim? Oh, I mean, I could ask her. Why? What do you need? Well, I think you would know why it is. It's the whole reason I'm here. About the barrier? Yeah, she's one of the strongest people in town. I figure she might know better than anybody what's going on here. The only time she's ever brought it up was when she was very angry about being stuck here. She seems really... I think she might be the only person here who wants to get to get rid of the barrier as much as we do. <laughs> Me and you. Then that'd be perfect, right? I Maybe I could help with that. Like I said, I'll ask her. I just... Uh, it seems like it's a bit of a sore spot. Alright, well, any help you could give would be awesome. And... If you ever need anything from me, just let me know. Oh, okay. I I do need something from you. Oh? Uh, can I have, like, my wh- half of your soul? What? Well. Like, I only, I only got a bit of it, and I can't bargain with the little bit I have. And, like, you have more than half, so it doesn't seem really fair. I don't... What do you mean, half of my soul and bargaining... Uh, never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she goes to try to, like, walk away. She's uh, like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, kind of, like, grab her on the shoulder. Uh, be like, no, no, I feel like that's, uh, you know, important info to give. What, what do you mean by that? You said if I needed anything, I could ask you. Well, you can. A conversation <laughs> might follow afterwards. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I 
we made you made me and i only got some of it like just enough to be me but the lilies trade in souls and it's not enough and if i want to get my adult body back i need more that is a lot to uh, drop at one point i i don't even know how i'd give you part of my soul magic (laughs) everything's magic Yep, where this is a high magic setting, Zoe. Maybe. Alright, so you think about my request, I'll think about your request. Fair, fair, fair and even. Yeah, super fair and even. Alright, have have fun with being a ticking time bomb. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Also, I know what bombs are. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. Um, all right, she she walks away from you. She she was like down for a second there, but now she feels like maybe she pulled one over on you because if you want what if you want to meet Lady Nim to get information from her, you're gonna have to come to the negotiation table. I want to note uh, the part that she whispered on was essentially only the part pertaining to like asking about Lady Nim and meeting her. After that, she like essentially a conversation just rise enough that her voice probably picked up and you could have presumably heard the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, Noe didn't lower her voice. She didn't care if Fumber she heard. So, um, so do you four want to meet back up? Yeah. Yes. So, what do you guys plan to do next for the investigation? How do you guys feel about going to visit that fancy wizard? Bumbershoot gets like a really sour face. Fine. Bumbles, you can mess with them. I like to think now that Zoe's kind of realized exactly how fucking insidious uh, Bumbershoot is, she's like purposely moving away from standing next to him to like the opposite side. In either case, this, uh, what is it, Garrick the Grand was it? Garrick the Great. Great, right, right, Garrick the Great. Maybe he might be able to give some insight about the enchantment and maybe what type of magic would be used to do such a break-in. All right, so you guys don't know where Garrick the Great lives, so I, I imagine you go inside into Tarsus, and, you know, bartenders know everything. So you say to Carrie, hey, do you know where Garrick lives? And she says, who? And you say, Garrick the Great, he's like a wizard, top hat, weird mask, mm-hmm. flamboyant. She says, never heard of him, never seen him. He looks like he looks like Darren from Sailor Moon. <laughs> Very much. I like, the, I like that the twist is that Garrick's been dead for 50 years. <laughs> and you ask somebody else in the bar, like, hey, do you know where Garrick lives? And they're like, who? And you're like, you know, top hat, mask. And they're like, don't know that person. I feel like I'm right. And you ask everybody, and nobody has ever heard of or seen Garrick the Great. Pineapple! <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy, Winifred. I'm back with another hot scoop. <laughs> what, do you, what do you need? Hey, Winifred, have you ever heard of anyone in town called Garrick the Great? Uh, not off the top of my head, nope. Has anyone, like, anyone that's come to town recently, uh, been a wizard? That isn't dead? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm looking into all the wizards, I'm compiling a list right now, I think I would remember if there was a recent one. Huh. There was someone else at the party that we're trying to locate, but no one seems to have heard of him. I'm trying to, like, the sixth sense this, and try mm-hmm. to remember if Garrick interacted with any of anyone besides our party. Uh, Lady Nim is the only other person who interacted with Garrick. She saw you and him drinking, or you pretending to drink well, yeah. and him drinking. So, so literally, the only other person who interacted with this character is the the mob boss. 
All right. Well, thanks, Winifred. Catch you later. Bye, Apple. Thank you. Bye. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, what do you guys do? I would say uh, Zoe might uh, t- mention everybody else uh, that she's going to stop real quick to go see Warden Light about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, deliberately not noting what it is, but kind of not putting too much of an emphasis on it. Just being like, oh, hey, got to stop real quick and see what Warden Light's up to and uh, see if maybe he can help us out with something. Maybe we can all go and ask him if he knows about Garrick. Oh, yeah, we could do that, too. That sounds fun. <laughs> we could all go. Yeah. Uh, so the plan is you guys are going to head over to the sacrum and talk to Warden Light? Yes. Sounds like a plan. Might have some information. All right, so you guys all gather your stuff and walk out of Tarsus and start heading over to the sacrum, the big tower. It's very obvious. And you're just heading right there, moseying along your way. Uh, when across the field, you see a figure, and it is shambling towards you, staring at Theodora. The fuck is up with all these zombies? Let's step on his head, too. <laughs> Let's just step on all of their heads and never find out what this is going on. Psst, why waste time with that when we can blast them? Uh. Zoe casts magic missile. Uh, roll damage first. Seven damage. It's not a lot. Not a lot. So you shoot these magic missiles that go whistling across the field and put a bunch of holes in this figure as it shambles towards you. Uh, this zombie, this is actually, this time it's a woman, but it's besides that, otherwise the same. She's wearing like a pretty nice dress that's clinging to her because it's all wet and she's leaking blood from her nose and eyes and mouth. Uh, and as those missiles erupt from your hand, roll me. A wild magic consequence. Eight. (laughs) I love the wild magic table so much because it's like a gift I give to myself in the future. Uh, As you do that, there is a ear-splitting shriek that emits from Zoe as the loudest accordion music you have ever heard starts blaring out of her in the middle of this field and it does not stop oh god oh my gosh it's the apocalypse right now (laughs) (laughs) fuck yep can't top that As always, I'd like to thank Overclock Remix for our music, which includes arrangements of Acoustic Jam at the Lucifer Alpha, an arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, Simply Be Grooved, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts, and Poka Center, an arrangement of Pokemon Center from Pokemon. Executive producers for the month of May 2017 are Kirsten Haslinger, Accelerus, Joseph Timbrello, Jade, The Cult of Gorfinax, Irving Royale, Andrew Grothen, Paul Mullen, Finch DeYoung, Arjun DeConing, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Tarka, Melissa Nielsen, 
Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefsen, Riptor Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bangston, Josh Mosier, Indigo Van Dane, James Bevan, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marsing, Just a Jester, John Potts, Kevin Dobbins, Savard and Akrasimova, Carl, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Eugene T., Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayan, Anna Stuhlfarer, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Sidlow, Christopher Charlo, Jorit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. If you want to join this list, you can support the show at patreon.com slash austinyorski, and you can also support Leon at patreon.com slash renegadecut, and you can find Chris at patreon.com slash recap. There are other ways to support the show, too, as you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and probably other places, and like, comment, and subscribe there. Your support helps to make the show grow, and your enthusiasm helps to encourage us to make bad decisions.